All right, so what's up, bitches? It's Brian back with another episode of Bitching with Brian, and today's gonna be a really good episode um, because I have my first feature, the one and only Rolanda. Say hey, Rolanda. Hey, y'all. So um, today we're gonna be covering my first um, topic on pop culture, if you will. I know um, a lot of people have been talking about Oprah doing her little interview with those accusers of Michael Jackson. So uh, Rolanda and myself took it a, uh, the liberty of watching her interview. And, um, you know, we both have some thoughts on that. Um, and we're just going to jump right into it and get started. Um, so, Rolanda, you told me that you, you watched it. Uh, I watched it probably the day that we first talked about uh, doing this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the last time we talked, I told you I wasn't too happy with Miss Oprah uh, for doing that. Uh, I will say, though, that after watching the interview, I feel that my my views changed a little bit. Uh, but I want to ask you, like, what were your initial thoughts just watching it and just the things that, you know, um, just in general, just kind of what are your thoughts on the situation? Um, so I will start by saying I do agree with you. But even prior to watching it, I do know Oprah's history of being a victim of a- abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, of just having close relationships to celebrities and things like that. And so I couldn't for the life of me understand why something this messy she would want to have her name attached to because she's not normally known for the to be the most controversial person Mm -hmm. but you know people with age the more they become seasoned (laughs) I've noticed like the less they give two shits about you know you said seasoned that bitch is old is she old (laughs) okay and she losing her damn mind but you know grandma and granddaddy and them they all got to a certain age and it was like they could stay and do whatever they wanted to and you couldn't check them so who gonna check her (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I agree with that because, you know, I'm an old soul in my in my heart. I believe that. And I feel the same way. Who's going to check me? And I'll be goddamn. Right. So, I guess I agree. I My main issue that I took away from it, though, like that I told you last time, is that Michael Jackson is he's not here anymore. He's dead. He's deceased. Gone. Right. Never, never to walk the earth again. So he can't defend himself. And uh, I was actually talking with my dad about this. And he was saying that he was keeping up with... Um, just the news about the estate and things like that. And I think he said he was listening to Tom join the morning show. Mm-hmm. And they said that there is legally, there's nothing that the, they can do the family because once the person dies, you can basically slander their name, however you'd like, <laughs> because they're no longer living uh, to defend themselves. And I think that that's just kind of ass backwards. Like, especially considering the fact of who he is, he's Michael Jackson and his name still like the, the owner or whoever is over his estate still has a vested interest in him having a good name, you know, because they're still selling his music. They're still selling merchandise, things like that. So for you to be out here accusing this man of the same, you know, is sexual child, sexual assault or sexual misconduct, whatever you want to call it to, to give these people a platform to bring this back up and he can't even defend himself. I just don't agree with that. Right, and his all. kids are living off of that right. too, even though they're technically grown still. And it's like he, I mean, so when I was watching, there um the two guys, one's name was James, the other one was Wade, um, and they talk about how they they were on trial to, and they testified that nothing happened, and they testified a few times um, that nothing happened. And as I was watching, I mean, I try to to be 
objective when I was watching it and not in my own feelings of being like, why would y'all do this to this man? Um, because ultimately, I don't know if they really were assaulted or not, you know? Right. Um, and some of the things that they were saying, I noticed, like, Oprah said right in the beginning that the, the audience, it was 100 men and women who had uh, suffered from sexual abuse as children in their own right. So, and then, like you said, Oprah has a history. I just felt like it was a... I don't want to phrase this without sounding like a jackass. I feel I feel like it was like just a victim fest. Like, Di- yeah, disclaimer, everybody. Like, we we don't take it lightly for those who have been victims of abuse, but these are just opinions of this particular topic and not abuse itself. So, just a disclaimer. And I'm glad you said that because. Everybody who listens should know how outspoken I am. And I, if you, I firmly believe in speaking up for yourself. Uh, I know that that can be a difficult thing to speak on, especially uh, if you're a child and that happens to you or if it has happened to you and it's someone who holds a, a certain amount of authority in your life. It can be hard to, to speak up and uh, speak on that, even if you have uh, feel like you overcome it or you have spoke about it in the past. I know just even talking about those those things like that can be very touchy. So you're absolutely right. We are not, I am not um, (laughs) just uh, cold hearted out here, but I feel like this specific case because of who he is, who Oprah is. And the fact that this is our, I feel like, like this has already happened, you know, like he's already been accused. He's already been on trial and he was like, they found nothing. He was found not guilty. So it's like, why? And then how long ago did Michael Jackson die? 2009. Yeah, so this is what the ten year anniversary. Y'all wait mm-hmm. until he's been gone ten years and be like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, it actually did happen." Like, I just don't understand why. Like, why now? And I guess and that's that's my biggest question. Like, what? I think that's where everybody is because it's kind of like, not only did you do one trial like when you were younger, but you backdoored and did another one in your early twenties. Yes, and it's. And not to say, like, I can speak for all victims, but usually you hear about people either never speaking on something and pretending that it never happened versus somebody actually speaking on it, saying it never, ever, ever, ever happened, and then backdoor, and all of a sudden said it actually did happen. That's where the issue lies with a lot of people because it's like, okay... A lot of times it's just people who just don't speak up. But I, I mean, you like spoke out against other people that were, you know, um, claiming to be victims of Michael Jackson and was claiming that they were actually, you know, like you couldn't relate to whatever they were saying because that never happened and that was never true to you and that's not who you know him to be. And now from the interview, they're saying, oh, now that we're parents, we right. realized that whatever happened between us wasn't right. Now, I didn't actually watch the documentary to hear the graphic stuff that day. Neither did I. But, you know, to me, this could have um, been time that they had to just sit and marinate to come up with graphic stuff. I mean, because even Oprah mentioned it. And this is the part that I was kind of like, Oprah, you seemed a little messy or whatever, but 
she even brought up the fact I think she she really wanted to stay neutral, not even necessarily messy, but she wanted to stay neutral. But she brought up the fact that there's records of um, them going to therapy and even saying in therapy that nothing ever happened. Yes, I wrote that down because I thought that was very interesting. The guy, it was way specifically. He said he lied to the therapist. How that how, what? But what, so why like, would you waste their time? What exactly, was the point of going? Exactly. Like, was it just so, court appointed and you just said whatever just to save face? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. And so, but again, like I said, I try to be objective about it. So I try to think, well, maybe he just lied about the person, you know, or he lied about the the circumstances of things, or he didn't tell the whole truth about what happened, but he knew he needed the therapy. So he figured if he fabricated a story he might be able to still get what he was looking for without having to divulge the truth, you know? Yeah. Like, I was trying to look at it from their point of view, but that struck me, and it's one of the things that I wrote down. Like, bitch, you lying to the therapist. Like, I don't trust you. You, you lied to the therapist. You lied to the courts, and now I feel like you're lying to me and Oprah. But this is where I really feel that, and it's going to kind of go off on a little tangent, but I promise you, it's very related. So my mind, I cannot come to really truly believe these guys but when it comes to the R. Kelly case, I believe the parents that are saying that their kids are victims because in the same situation um, if y'all saw the interview with Gail, Mm -hmm. when she was interviewing the girls, the girls were swearing up and down that this is something that they want to do and their parents just kind of like pimp them out to get money but they actually love R. Kelly and really want to be with him. But to my, and here's the thing that I just really get stuck up on. It's like, okay, they said like, oh no, we never wanted to be singers. But their parents said that that was the whole reason why they left the house to even be with R. Kelly's because they thought they were going to get put on to this nice career. And they're like, oh no, we never wanted to be singers. So how did you get in this situation to begin with? Like, exactly. let's start there. Because Oprah was like, I mean, not Oprah, but Gail was like, so what do you want to be in life? Like, what are your aspirations for careers? And they couldn't even answer the question. So it's like, are you, I truly believe that there being, that there some type of milip- manipulation going on and brainwashing. But for whatever reason, I can't wrap my brain around the guys. And it's like, is it because I just have a little bias towards women or it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel bad in a way. But at the same time, it's just like, like I, I feel something's like not I, right. I agree with you. Yeah. And specifically with R. Kelly. And, like, on a side note, for one, I didn't know that that Gail was her best friend, Gail. Like, when I saw the thing and I, it clicked for me, you I was like. You just thought that was a whole other Gail. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, that's her friend, Gail. That's that bitch. Like, oh, I don't know why I thought it was G-A-I-L and it was a white woman. I just knew she was a white woman, uh, like a fat white woman, and I just knew they was friends. So when I was watching, what? and I didn't, I didn't see Gail uh, talk with the the girls. I actually didn't keep up with any of the R. Kelly thing because I, I just don't care. Most people know I don't really care about pop culture. I got my own issues to be worrying about. It was hard um, to watch. I'm not gonna lie. That's what I heard. That it was very, very, very like intense, disturbing. Mm-hmm. But when I watched him talking with Gail, I. I was like, oh, he guilty. And I was just judging strictly on his body language. Like, he was all up screaming and, and crying and, and this whole charade. And I was like, why, why are you doing all of that? 
Mm-hmm. Like I can understand being emotional and especially I feel like in this Me Too era, just in general, like it's hard to be accused of something if you're if you're innocent, because in this era, if you accused and it's put out there, as far as the public is concerned, you guilty. And so you have to walk around living as if you're guilty and you haven't even been convicted of anything or even been tried. Um, so I feel like just from that alone, like I can understand like being frustrated, but I feel like he was out of control. Like you up and you, you, I feel like you about to hit Gail. She might need mm-hmm. to be hit, but still like you, he was just <laughs> doing a bit much. Um, she was so unbothered. She was <laughs> unconcerned. <laughs> she didn't uncross her legs. Her hands was, oh, she was. Ugh. I don't yes. know where she from, but she just gave me this aura of like, dude, we both from Chicago. Like, she yeah. had that, I'll fuck you up. You better calm your shit down. Like, it was great. I Those are it. the type of people that you should worry about. The ones that just sit there when you hyped up. Oh yeah, Cause, I know. Cause they probably in their head just praying like, Lord, I know I said I would never <laughs> do this again, but it's not who I want to be. It's not consistent. I said I'm gonna change my ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the ones you gotta be like, oh snap, maybe I should just go step outside for a second and just calm down because <laughs> right. I'm leaving my face open right now. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I don't know. Gail was uh, something. She looked like she she uh work out too. Her arms a little thick. She she might right. can take him. Right. But you know what? She a mama too, cause she she probably just recognized this as another temper tantrum. Cause that's what oh, he looked like. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. like he was going through his terrible twos, just one of that. <laughs> terrible out. twos. I bet he would love that. <laughs> you think I look two years old? He would be so happy. I look that young. Thank oh. you. Mm-mm. He don't go for the cougars. <laughs> That's not his taste. As his brother said, he has a certain taste, and that's just not it. Lord, his brother in the interview, I, I was like, you you know you're not helping, right? Like, you, you're making this worse. But that's how you know that family got problems, because he's just, like, really just talking, going off the rip. Like, my all the other brother, the one um, that was in jail was just saying that the younger brother should have just took the money and and took the rap and went to jail for R. Kelly and got paid for it. He was like, that's all he had to do. He could have been set. I'm like, like, something wrong with you. Something wrong yeah, with all what, of y'all. What makes you think I'm going to take the rap for his shit? <laughs> He's the only one that seemed to have a little sense. Like, ooh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That, all of that is just crazy. But that's the part where I feel guilty when it comes to this uh, Michael Jackson case. But the thing about it is, like, R. Kelly, he's here, you know? Right, he's exactly. He's here now. Exactly. That's why I have no issue with it, nothing at all, because he's here to defend himself. Whether I believe him or not, he's able to speak for him for himself on his own behalf. Right. Well, My- and the thing about it is, too, is, like, okay, his wife and kids had, well, his kids, I guess, never really experienced any of the abuse that the other women are talking about but they were able to witness some type of like trauma Mm -hmm. in their life from the marriage so that also makes it a little bit more real when it's like we don't hear about any of that stuff um from michael jackson's family right like i feel like with the whole michael jackson thing i see what oprah was trying to do like she kept saying this is so much bigger than michael jackson and 
And I'm just using this story to show the pattern, which I, I, I agree with all of that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. anytime you have a platform to expose the the way a predator works and how they manipulate children, I'm all mm-hmm. for it. You know, expose it, expose it. Because she kept saying and harboring on the fact that it's not going to be some strange person. It's going to be someone that they know, someone that they love, someone that they're comfortable with, someone the family's comfortable with. Um, you know, the children aren't going to have the right verbiage or um, language to explain what's happening to them. Everything that she was saying in that regard, I agree with wholeheartedly, 100%. Mm-hmm. It was just more so the fact that at the end of the day, this man cannot defend himself. He's not here. Right. Uh, there was one thing that I saw where um, I can never get this boy's name right. The Home Alone boy? Ma- Ma- oh, Macaulay. 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 Yeah. Like, he came out and said that, you know, nothing ever happened to him and he had spent lots of time with Michael. There were other kids who had spent time with him and they came out and they said that nothing ever happened to them and I didn't agree with that because I'm like just because it didn't happen to you it doesn't mean that it didn't happen to these two boys um true you know like okay so you weren't abused so that means nobody was abused like no I don't agree with that logic um there was something I just uh I don't know it's just it's just really because to me too it's just like Look at the Jackson family. They really had no problem throwing Joseph under the bus. Like, right. it was like, no, he put hands on us. Like, right. So, I mean, yes, Michael is probably like the biggest money maker of the family. But to me, I feel like they ain't got no problem saying, like, this person messed up. This person ain't right. Like, they'll put it out there. So, I don't know. But then again, you know, Janet had that whole album Control basically saying about like how her life was being controlled and how she had to have this perfect image. So I don't know. It just. Uh, but I, I mean, I just. I don't know. I mean, I guess you would never know. And, you know, that's yeah. their family. But I just can't see it why they would stand by something like that if, if it yeah, were proven, serious, you know, or if they yeah. had any reason to believe that um there was something also that stuck out to me um was how they said the two men that they really wanted to start speaking out or they realized that it was wrong when they had children and that didn't sit well with me because I'm like you were an adult before you had a child so so it's like I don't understand like how oh now that I'm a father I realize this is wrong like you should have known that that was wrong because you don't do that to children not oh well now I have a kid and I can I can see I guess how it would make you want to speak up a little bit more but that shouldn't have brought you to the realization that it was wrong. One of the guys even said like he felt like he was letting Michael down even then while they were talking and like it was still there for them like I don't know like I after watching it like I said when I first heard that she had done it I was just upset I was like oh Oprah I'm done because you know my girl Monique. Um, whom I love, Nikki Parker, mm-hmm. um, has had an issue with Oprah um, using, just using people and, and trying to expose uh, dirty laundry or the bad things about them without giving them a fair chance to, to speak for themselves. You know, she did that with Monique's mom and her brother and uh, lied to them pretty much and told them that Monique was going to be there on the show. And of course, Monique wasn't. And she used that platform to expose Monique family issues pretty much which I don't agree with I even watched another um interview of Monique she was speaking about Gail talking about how Gail called her asking her you know oh what's going on and trying to get the scoop of everything and 
And then when she called Gail to ask her, you know, why did you ask me these things? Like, what, what, what was going on? Gail ain't got nothing to say. Gail don't want to answer the phone. Gail don't want to talk to her. Like, I don't. Journalism I don't at the finest. You know, Ooh, look at you with your investigative journalism, Gail. Okay. Yeah, no, she needs to sit her ass down. <laughs> Not with my Monique. I ride Monique. <laughs> so I have a couple of things to say about that. So. Yeah, it is messed up, but I will say in both interviews, Oprah, she has that way of staying neutral. So she was hitting them with hard questions to where I feel like I think that she has this from just what I've gathered of this mission of, okay, maybe Monique didn't want to talk about it, but this is probably something necessary that the people like she's forcing some type of healing process. I don't, I don't need of, you to, to, to right, heal yeah. me. Instead <laughs> of allowing people to just do it on their own, she's right. like, well, this story needs to be told because there's people that could relate that could probably be healed. That's what I'm gathering from but, her. And it's like, if you didn't get permission to do that. Right. Like, it's, it's upsetting because it's like, who are you to decide, no, no, I'm going to expose your story. You need to go through this. You need to, right. you need to work through this. Find somebody who wants that. You're Oprah. I'm right. sure there are millions of people who are going through the same exact thing who would love to be on your platform. But because Monique is who she is and she holds that status in her life, then now you want to use her, you know, um, right. to expose things. Monique told, told me as if she was talking to me. <laughs> Monique said in an interview. She told um, the world. Yes. Um, me. About how Oprah, when she first met her before she had really became a star, uh, how she was like, I see so much of you and me. Um, and and then after she became a celebrity, Oprah told her, oh, I say that to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much like you're not special. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like the reason I can believe it is because look, just look at sort of what Oprah's track record and the, the history of what she's done. Like, I believe Monique. I feel like even with her whole Netflix thing and everything that she says, I feel like she's been consistent. There has never been anything that I feel like, well, wait a minute. You last time you said this and this time you're saying this. No, it all has been the same story, you know, the same narrative. So, so I'm inclined to believe her when she says that Oprah, a snake in the grass, that this person will say anything. And you out here just, yes, you, you try and appear as if you're neutral when, you know, I'm just gathering the story. But you went out of your way to get these people to come here. You went out of your way to to expose this story. But you want to appear neutral when you're presenting the story. And that I don't agree with. It's fraudulent to me. And it's like I can see, I can read between those lines. Like you might have the general masses fooled, but not O'Brien. Because, um, yeah, because mm-hmm. she was hitting them with some difficult questions. Kind of like, um, you know, like when it came to the Monique situation, she was just saying like, she it was some type of question where she basically was asking like what happened after you guys found out that there was abuse the mom said you know she found out like when Monique was around 15 and the abuse had kind of stopped around that time but she sent the brother away to live with um, her mom for a little while and when he came back she basically said the family kind of picked up from where they just left off and just because I guess she was the type of mom that really 
wanted to have that close knit like family environment like right. but it's like you can't when there's trouble in your house like you have to let that go at one point in time and work through it and what black people fail to do is it's like you know and especially with little boys it's like oh mom I fell and scraped my leg it's like oh okay get up you'll be alright it's like well yeah I'll probably be alright but right <laughs> now it hurts right there's you no know? healing there's no yeah. that healing process. You rush the healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You rush it and it's like that's not okay. And that's basically kind of like what Oprah was trying to get out of her to say like okay but you so basically you just wanted her to play like nothing happened. And she was like well no that's not what I was trying to do. But you didn't y'all just didn't really talk about it. And then the dad was like well we did talk about it but like you know we didn't we thought she was okay because like that was still somebody she looked up to as her brother and it's like and so oprah was like well yeah that's her big brother like i mean y'all are, that's you know a lot of times people who are abused by people um they're usually from people who they love or who they admire and she was like even like with me i was abused by multiple people and one of them was my uncle and we had a family gathering where I was cooking breakfast, you know, in the kitchen helping out. And he told me, like, how he liked his eggs cooked a certain way. And she was like, I was grown and I was still, like, in the kitchen cooking his eggs the way he said he liked them. And, I mean, at that point in time, it hit me, like, why am I about to make his eggs the way he liked them? And I have issues with this man. She said, you know, it just took her a long time to realize, like, this is not okay. And I guess that's when she decided she wanted, you know, like, enough was enough. But she just used that as an example to talk about, like, okay, like, people do, you know, especially if it's somebody that they're related to and they love, like, sometimes they just try to go along with it. But that doesn't mean that they're okay. Yeah. And I guess that's the same story she was that the guys from the Michael Jackson documentary was trying to say but I guess my thing is like y'all wasn't related but then they said like in the documentary they were showing like how uh, there were certain things where they do to kind of like train you or whatever and basically they were saying Michael Jackson just had this way of just training everybody so the family yeah the the, the entire family so I guess he must have created this like family knit with allegedly I'm saying this loosely allegedly Mm -hmm. he created this you know like I'm cool with the grandma I'm cool with mama I'm cool with siblings and I'm really cool with you like but you're my best friend but I'm cool with all of y'all so if you decide to out me, then you're breaking up this family bond. Right. And there was um, a part where they were talking about the grooming that happens um, for someone who is a victim of child abuse. And like mm-hmm. I said, there were definitely things there that I thought were very relevant um, mm-hmm. as far as the grooming, grooming of the family, grooming of that person. Like, yeah, uh, what, just listening to how they would speak about it, they both were using uh, their vocabulary and the way they described it, it was love, you know, as, as far as mm-hmm. they're concerned, they were in love with Michael Jackson. They, they, they loved him. They would do anything to protect him, which is why they say they lied. Um, 
you know, the families were groomed. One of the guys said something that really struck me was that the grooming began even before they met him because of who he was. Which um, is true. Yes, which I agreed with wholeheartedly. Like, okay, I, like I said, I try to be objective. Everybody sees Michael as this just genuinely innocent person. Mm-hmm. Who and then child star, which we all know, like the history of child stars who like have right. stage parents. And it's but like, his specifically, we know about what Joe did to them. So for him saying, you know, I never had a childhood. This is why I won Neverland, so that other kids don't have to experience that. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I get that. But what parent in their right mind gonna let a grown man sleep in the bed with their kid? I don't care who you are. Like, I just can't rationalize there, in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know, Beyonce said she won this. What? There are are parents there. I mean, it happens. Like, I just watched this whole, it's a whole documentary thing on Netflix about um, this girl named Madeline McClain that went missing in 2007. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish it, but what they're insinuating is she probably wasn't missing and um, she ended up being killed or accidentally died and the parents covered it up. But nevertheless, the way they um, had the story was is just that they were out on vacation at a resort that mm-hmm. had apartment condo things or whatever. And, you know, it was like a whole like community. And the parents, while they were on vacation, would leave their kids in the apartment and go to this um, bar that was like... Um, not necessarily that far away from the apartment, but it was, you still had, it was a walking distance. Like you couldn't just like get there. Like they weren't next door, but I mean, it still was like up the sidewalk. And so the parents like did a rotation, like every 20 to 30 minutes, they would just um, get up from there because they were having meeting with other parents and like eating. They would um, all different people would get up and say, okay, I'm going to go check on the kids and then come right back. And with this particular one, Madeline was three years old and then she had siblings that were twins that were infants. So she was the oldest person in this house or in this apartment condo thing. And they would leave them around like eight o'clock and not come home till one. But they pop their head in and check, and then one night she went missing. So it was they like, would leave the three-year-old the and the three, new the what? Tw- oh twin. my! But all of the other parents were doing it too. But the resort even had a babysitting service. They had a kids' club and all of that stuff. But for whatever reason, the parent that those particular parents didn't. Um, they had Madeline and the other kids like in the kid club during the day, but they refused to do the babysitting service at night. But it's like, so y'all just gonna have your whole vacation, just every night you gonna go out and drink it up, because it was like their apartment building. There was like the pool with all the you know chairs that people lay out on in yeah. and then on the other side of the pool was uh the bar so the pool was like in the middle so think of it like a courtyard i mean so they there was greenery and there was still like um stone walls that separated them so it wasn't like they can just kind of poke and look at the door they still had to get up walk down the sidewalk Right. And then there was a corner that they had to hit, and then they got to the apartment. So it wasn't, 
And then the and on top of that, I don't think they was locking the door because the parents had two um, stories. They said they recall the knife saying they were just going through the back door and it was unlocked. And they said the the third time that they went to check in on the kids, that's when they realized the daughter was gone. But the window was open, so they said, like, somebody came in and took her from the window. But once they became suspects, their story had changed and said, like, well, they had unlocked the door to get in. And then, so it was like, did you not lock the door or did you lock the door? Because at that point in time, it was like, you're a suspect. And at the end of the day, you were being negligent parents. So people do (laughs) some unbelievable stuff. I just don't understand, like. Why are y'all having these kids? If you don't want them, give them away. I mean, as no, bad as that sounds, and that sounds so terrible, but give them away. I that's mean, that's like, the crazy part. They had these kids in their later years um, by in vitro. So, like, so y'all, they so y'all wanted, y'all they really wanted, wanted kids. Yeah, right. they really wanted it and didn't know how to be parents. Crazy, mm-hmm. but you know, there's certain cultures you know, raise their kids differently. <laughs> and that's just that all means. I gotta say about that. I'm just I know saying, exactly I what that is. It means. is literally a cultural thing and especially like where you're where you came up from. So and the thing about it was it wasn't like these people were like dumb. They both were medical professionals. Like high they weren't just like a nurse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, like one was like an anesthesiologist and the other one went from he went from something to like doing cardiac, cardiac medicine. So like they both had respectable medical degrees. Yeah, but that book smarts don't transfer in the street smarts or no. common sense. It just but, don't. Yeah, mm. and they were British too. So you know, depending on what area in Britain they originally lived in, they um, but they they were vacationing in. Um, in Portugal so that was another thing because they were like okay first of all y'all in a whole nother country on vacation and y'all okay with leaving your kids at night in this condo by they show for several hours yeah it wasn't like this is the neighborhood and y'all just knew the area like y'all in a whole nother area that y'all ain't never been before this is why I could never be like a detective (laughs) or nothing I'd be done slap the shit out of both so you (laughs) what I'd lose my job the first day for laying hands on people. Your dumb ass. That don't make no sense. I just don't get that. Right. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. But anyway, just back to the story. Like, I was invested in that show, but I had to go to sleep because Netflix knew how to draw it out. They was Don't they know? They was leaving cliffhangers. That's why you have to binge watch stuff now on Netflix because after the end of every episode, they left the cliffhanger because what they was doing was they was kind of giving, like, they were showing like different people that entered into the story and then giving their background history. And I'm like, I don't care about this person. Like, just <laughs> about the gardener me. who saw right. the baby the one day. Right. How, how they became the gardener of the resort. Right. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, if she dead or is she alive? We're like, what's up? Like, who no. did it? <laughs> I just, oh, that just sickens my soul. Something fierce. Um, <laughs> I I wanted to ask you to uh, pick your brain about Jesse Smollett. Oh, Lord. And yes, that's right. I'm going there. Um, I told you, you know, I don't really know much about it. Just that uh, he allegedly lied um, and paid 
two guys to 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 assault him in order to raise his his status and get a raise at work or something along those lines. Um, what, what's going on with the world? Talk to me. What is, what's See, okay, but uh, and this makes me hold this thought. Just remember, I'm going to say hip-hop police. Oh, I'm going to write it down. Okay, hip-hop police, because I wanted to go back to that. I wanted to tie this in. But um, I don't know, because that story doesn't make sense in too many ways. And I don't know why he got convicted because at the end of the day, wait. It, so he did get convicted. Like he had yeah, a trial and he was indicted and everything. Like they found yeah, him guilty. I think he did just get counted guilty like a week or two ago. I have to look wow, it up again. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because um, they announced it like, like at first it was trial and then it was like, yeah, he's been charged. Um, but I, it just does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, first of all, like, you know, he said it was some MAGA people, which if you don't know what that stands for, is the acronym for Make America Great Again. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody yelled that out or whatever, and they were um, supposed to be, you know, I don't know if he used the word white nationalist, but that's what he was insinuating, who did the crime, and come to find out it was like these you know african guys that was far from white that was tied into it but right but then you know they were saying like he paid them to do it and they rehearsed it but then there's uh the story is like switching up saying like people who are fact checking are saying I actually know their trainers and he actually paid them to train him like physically you know working out and stuff like that and so there's no proof that those checks were actually for them to stage the robbery those checks probably was for for services on you know Just, um, working out right which which actors do you know especially for certain roles and stuff that they want to do and it's just like okay so why would the police would want to set him up and we're like we don't really know but then everybody talks about the corruption of the chicago police department and it's been like that for decades or for as long as the police department in chicago existed which is true but it's like but why him Right. And was like, we don't know. But then again, you know, I guess in this situation with R. Kelly, the the police was very aware of people making, you know, um, accusations and trying to sue R. Kelly. And somehow he kept, ended up getting, being able to just pay people under the table and get away with it. So I guess people, there's speculation saying that, like, well, maybe to cover up the fact that they're always um you know in cahoots with mess and always doing corrupt stuff that like mm-hmm. no we we are locking up celebrities and we are trying to handle stuff and we we are solving cases so they try to hurry up and solve his case quick fast in a hurry and made him a suspect and then you know and try to him. use him as an example which is like, okay, that could be a possibility, but then it's like, but why? <laughs> I don't know. Cause see, <laughs> why him? I heard that the two guys whom, who did this, allegedly, the, the two, I think they were African, right? Because they yeah. said they fled to Nigeria. Um, they were 
said to have been making like gay slurs and and things like that on set of Empire because they were they were in the show. That's how he knew them too. Oh. They were extras uh, in one of the prison scenes and or something along those lines. Um, so, like you said, I think that there's it's just an interesting story to me. Like there's there has to be more to it. Um, also, what struck me too is, is about the MAGA thing, Make America Great Again, which I think is what I'm going to cover on my next topic. Um, I think I'm going to delve into the political realm, if you will, because mm-hmm. I, I have so many views that I'm sure are going to upset a whole bunch of people as far as that goes with um, just the MAGA, Trump, Democrats, Republicans. Um, it's just reminding me of September 11th all over again. What? The mood, the, 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 the <laughs> not the actual event but the stuff that happened afterwards like the after effect ripple where you know everybody was afraid of anybody wearing a turban oh so you think now the people with like the MAGA hats like everybody is they've become the new people (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be afraid of yeah I mean because even they it became so much so where it was like infiltrated into pop culture i mean they made jokes on soul playing about it you know like i'm pretty sure there was different skits on like all these sketch comedy shows and stuff about it you know like it's been the butt of jokes and pop culture you know for muslims and stuff like that so and you know muslims actually had issues afterwards you know where people had to wanted to change their names because, you know, their names sounded yeah. like terrorist names to Americans because we're ignorant. So, yeah. I mean, I just think that that whole, the whole political realm is interesting. Like, maybe maybe you can be my, my um, person on that, too, because <laughs> I, like, I guess the basis for me is that, like, why, I would question everything. Like, why... Why do we do the things we do? Why are we affiliated with the political parties that we're affiliated with? Why do we think the way that we think? Like, I think about Kanye. Like, Kanye West came out and said he supported Trump. I, now, I won't say that I'm a Trump supporter, but I won't say that I'm against him either. Like, I just, I'm just kind of neutral, you know? If you do something good, great. If you do something bad, I'm going to condemn that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was on that whole brother love movement, well, movement which I, I get, but at I the just same feel time, like it's even still more like, so, whether ugh. I agree with him or not, like, he can be a Trump supporter, and I just don't agree with that. But look at how he was attacked for saying that. Look at how mm-hmm. he was attacked for saying he was a Republican. What's wrong with being a black man and being a Republican? You know, I just like the the we've been so conditioned to believe that we have to be Democrats, and it's like why? Yeah, for we'll what? say that for another. Yeah, show, yeah. It wasn't necessarily it. <laughs> about the party affiliation. It was about the the backlash of the things that were happening that's affiliated with the whole. Well, I just think like for, for Jesse to say like, Oh, well they were wearing MAGA hats. Like, you know, these are, you know, you're, you're trying to frame a certain type of person. Right. And it's like, just because you're wearing a MAGA hat and you're saying make America great again, that does not automatically assume that you're a white nationalist. It doesn't, uh, you know, you got, got just that whole thought process behind that, because that's what most people are going to assume. If you wear a MAGA hat, you racist or or, you know, you um, you a house nigger pretty much is what they gonna call you if you're a black person and you and you're supporting Donald Trump. So, like, I just thought it was interesting for him to have said that. And 
and I knew exactly what he meant when he said it. And I knew how it would be taken. But for me, because I'm like I said, I question everything that just it kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, well, the, yeah, like you said, it's for another episode, mm-hmm. but it's because when you really take the term make America great again and you talk about the policies that he has behind that slogan, those policies are targeted to basically they're targeted for people of color of different races and it's targeted to push back you know and to take away their rights so that's where the issues are when people are like why are you supporting that you okay yeah this is definitely yeah you're gonna have to be my person because i have so much to say on that but we're gonna move on yes i don't want us to get on too much of a tangent there but hip-hop yes i was just about to say i have it written down so back in the day like the early 2000s before 2010 I can just say I remember watching this documentary on the hip hop police and you know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there and stuff but I think in all honesty when you sit back and look at it like they exist and it necessarily doesn't have to be like hip hop but it's just there is some type of like division of um policing that targets black culture and black people i mean it started with breaking down the black panthers when the fbi um you know did that because nixon or whatever you know wanted to nip that in the bud or jag or hoover whoever it was you know it started with the black panther party where they picked apart that and they you know infiltrated drugs to bring down the downfall which ended up turning into the crack epidemic Mm -hmm. and the 80s which ended up turning into you know all of the single parent right all of the stuff that's got us you know hit us from the 90s on down Mm -hmm. so it, it just all came from the 60s and we're still affected by it today um so with that, whenever we try to do something that's good, they bring us down. And I only wanted to say that because I did see this interview with Michael Jackson. Like, yes, his skin was white, but if you really sit there and actually look at it, Mike, Michael Jackson was still a black person. And he had some things that was, um, he did some projects that was very like black power activism mm-hmm. like even that song all i want to say is that yes, they don't absolutely. really care the, if you listen mm-hmm, to that song mm-hmm. that's the most blackity black black power mm-hmm. <laughs> song but basically um and i don't know if that was like the same time when that song came out because i think that came out like maybe on his danger album or whatever like that came out in the early 90s but he had an interview basically like when those allegations first started he went out um, like when he first didn't get convicted. He was just saying like, you know, I'm getting too big now, and um, now all of a sudden I'm wacko, jacko, I'm crazy. Everything I do, you know, is being labeled as crazy and critical. He was like, they just like I'm getting too big for them, and they're trying to find ways to bring me down. Like he stood on a stage and said, not at a concert, but it was kind of like at a press conference. Mm-hmm where they were just trying to, like, ask him about, like, what's going on? Like, why is this? And 
if you really think about it, in those early in the early nineties during the Macaulay Culkin and all of that stuff, that was when he was being headlined with all of these negative things. Right. Like and and then if that's too, you know, I mean there's a lot of young people. Look at um what's his name? Um Twenty One Savage. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't listen to a lot of his music, but as soon as he come out with that song a lot, which is actually positive, you know, now all of a sudden they want to look into his um, immigration case. But mind you, this man had actually tried to apply for citizenship and go the right way a few years back, and just got denied or whatever but now he actually has a movement where he's putting out some positive songs now and he's trying to teach financial literacy um mm-hmm. to young adults and you know has like a little foundation set up where he's teaching them and grooming them and you know even giving them like he partnered up with um a couple of stadiums so they can get some jobs so he could show them literally like once you get your paycheck this is what you're supposed to do to be financially fit Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you know the u.s wants to crack down on him for being an immigrant which you know it's like it's not his fault because his parents brought him here as a kid so but he also still did the right steps like once he was old enough to apply to become an actual legal person right so it's just like it's just funny it's like okay when he was all gang 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 and nobody was checking for him right and then you start doing something positive and now they want to slander your image and slander your name. Right. I do think that um, something you said was very interesting to me. Like Michael saying he was getting too big. Even in the Oprah interview, she said that there's never, there's nobody else has been as famous as Michael Jackson. Nobody ever has been and nobody probably ever will be. Um, she said, because, you know, stars today just don't shine that brightly. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that was a part of the plan. Like, okay, he's getting way too big. We can't allow them to have this much. He had global power. You know, like if Michael Jackson really wanted something done, you know, like imagine mm-hmm. if Michael Jackson was alive today in our era, he was still making music. And if he were to come out and take a stand against, or let's say Trump or against the government or whatever the case may be, you know how many people around the world would support him simply because of who he is. So I think that they absolutely like you said, the hip hop police, something, something has to be there to. There's, yeah, I mean, and that was just, and so the the documentary was called Hip Hop Police, but I mean, that yeah. was, I guess there was some type of, um, like there was, they were all rappers in the interview, like people that we know from the '90s, like gangster rappers, all that stuff, that literally was just being interviewed and was talking about like how there was, like people um investigating them for all types of stuff like once they start to really get some traction like every like they had to pretty much walk on eggshells because they was getting hit with charges left and right not to say that they weren't doing some illegal stuff but you know like it was like they were just being put in they were it could have been just them in the wrong place at the wrong time, and now they've taken the rap for it right. because they're the rapper or whatever. But it's just like you can't ignore. We can't say that they don't exist because there's something that exists. 
you can't ignore the fact that anybody that gets big, there's some type of negativity around them. Like, let's not even talk about Bill Cosby. Like, take it as Beyonce. Just look at Beyonce. She started getting big, and now they want to put people, they want to, they don't want everybody to like her, so then they bring in the whole Illuminati thing or whatever, you know? And I think specifically, too, with Beyonce is that, you don't know anything about her. Like she don't even do interviews anymore. So right. they, I think people long for that. Like if they, if they don't know, they're going to make up anything or they're going to use whatever mm-hmm. they can. Like they, they don't know anything. And, and she's so, that's what I respect so much about Beyonce is that she was able to present an image. And that's the only image she presents. She's always mm-hmm. picture perfect Beyonce, you know, like, Wherever she go, whatever she doing, the only thing you can really say that they actually have evidence of is when Solange was whooping Jay-Z ass in the elevator. And even then, mm-hmm. she was like, I mean, every, if you got a billion dollars in the elevator, of course she's going to go down. You're absolutely right. Like, everybody got family That problems. was her way of ad- ad- addressing right. it. But at the end of the day, she knew that somebody's always watching. Right. So I do commend her because they both could have jumped him. Let's be honest. Yeah, you ain't just gonna in the real world. You ain't gonna just let little sis get them, right? You know, unless you just the sister that can't fight, then you be like, "All right, little sis, you got this." But still, you gonna throw a lick in, a spit, or a kick, or something. Yeah, I mean, just everything about it. Like even the way Jay Z was just kind of like chilling, like they, not... they, are, yeah, they are groomed. They know like everybody's watching, and they have too much to lose, right? That's the thing about it. Like they know they have too much to lose. And it's hard, you know, in the industry for any musician to get to the status that they're at. And it's like, I'll be damned. I don't care if it's, if you're cheating. Or, you're not about to mess this money up for me. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's one thing we're not about to mess up. So I commend them on that one. But Solange was like, look, I don't know sure, you're going to get these hands. I'm pretty sure, in, in my opinion, I shouldn't say I'm pretty sure, but in my opinion, mm-hmm. I feel like Jay-Z says some smart-ass shit, and Solange was like, who the fuck you talking to? And nah. <laughs> that's really what I believe. Because of Well, me. the story was, because remember, this happened before Lemonade. Right. So the story was, is that they were at that party or whatever, and, uh, you know, Jay-Z, you know, had his little, it was just one of those things was like, oh, wait, she here, she here, and she here. And I guess he was a little too comfortable with the fact that those people were there, you know, like when you in a room full of like exes or whatever, like they went to a party and was like, oh, all these people that you sleep with or mess with, they up in here. I mean, and, I guess I can, but I don't feel like that would warrant, like, Solange well, going off like that. Like, he had to have been flipping about it and, like, and, like, I, what the fuck about, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they said basically, like, one person in particular he was just too cozy with, and she was basically like, what you're not about to do is disrespect your wife, a.k.a. my sister, is what you're not going to do. And then so she had to like, lay hands he, on him. <laughs> yeah, he was like way too out in the open, like not caring who's seeing. Yeah, that's what it was. That's supposedly, which I'm like, ooh, yeah, he has some nerve. <laughs> and then and then we got lemonade. So explain it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we got lemonade. Well, and look at her profit and 
Also her pain. It, <laughs> but you know, you know, and it could have been something as girl could have sneezed and he gave her a tissue or something. <laughs> you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, oh, you so you just gonna give her a tissue while I'm standing here? Mm-hmm. And you married to my sister? <laughs> Time to fight because I know she was the one that was all that you was texting the other night, you know. It could have mm-hmm. been something just as simple because all it takes is you just need. I think that's how that show snapped, like, it could have been. You know, stuff that just over time. So she was ready to kill his ass. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like over time, it was just like building, building, building. And it could have been the most smallest little thing that was just the straw that broke the camel back. Because Snap, all the families be like, he was just so nice and they had the perfect marriage and they just always seemed happy. And then, boom, I don't know why he did. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why she killed him. it always be like that. Like yes. she told him not to give the kids chocolate, and he gave them. <laughs> it's the one rule we have in the house: no chocolate. How could you break the one rule? <laughs> I mean, she was tired of him because he was already acting up and was gambling and spending all that little Disney World money and stuff. I don't know, and that was just the straw that broke the camel back. I don't know. Yeah. But yes, yeah. so uh, in back to this hip hop police, what I was saying is is that you know this could possibly be a part of that. Not that I I don't want to discredit anybody. I mean, like allegedly he could have did it. You know, or these people could be lying because they lied before. Yeah, you know, so they got a history of lying. Right. I mean, and I mean, and, and technically, I- okay, so. If you're coming out now and saying that, okay, that didn't happen, that means you perjured yourself. You might have been 11 at the time, but when you was 23 and 22, you knew. So are they going to try them for lying to the courts? Right. I didn't watch the documentary, but the interview, they they kept making it, bringing up the fact that they're going through a healing process. And it's just like, like, I don't, I just didn't buy that. I mean, I was drawn into this interview. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Oprah had me like, because <laughs> she she she's good for that. She's good for getting. Well, that's you know, big O. You know, she got years yeah, in the game. She she could t- she can touch the human heart and you know have that sensational story. She's good at sensational story, but I I don't know. Like the R. Kelly victims, like they were like crying. And I mean, not to say everybody should express their feelings the same way, but like there was just some stuff that they just was like, I can't, like, I can't even talk. Like, this is too much to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess my concern is like, how old are these men now? How are you still healing? And not to say, I know everybody heals in their own time. Mm-hmm. And but, I mean, okay, if you testified at 11, that means that your abuse had to have stopped no later than 11. You know what I mean? And then you mm-hmm. testified again 10 years later, 22, 23. Now you got kids. So this had to have happened at least 25, 30 years ago. Oh. And, you st- and then, oh, oh, go ahead. Well, I mean I, just, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, how are you still healing from... I can understand that there might be certain aspects of your life that you still are trying to deal with, but they made it seem as if like the abuse was fresh 
and that it had just happened and they still traumatized by it and that they're still having nightmares. And I mean, I just, of course, and I've that's... never been through it, so I can't truly speak on it. And maybe that's how it is. It just lasts like that. But for me, it was very peculiar. That's why I like the fact that Oprah was even asking, too, like, okay, so, like, because they kept talking about how this wasn't for money. She was like, but didn't you... Um, you wanted to work for him. You kept applying. Yeah, yes. you wanted to work for him, mm-hmm. you know, and be on his tours and stuff, like, as an adult. And you, um, like, she was basically, you was reaching out to his camp. And on top of that, like, why are you suing him if it's not about money? Because he's not here anymore and if it ain't about money, they're like, well, basically, the guy was just trying to say, like, he wants to have his day back in court to basically recant. Because every time this was brought up, it was, like, in a court. So I'm just like, I guess. But, like, then don't try to ask for, like, the biggest payout then, if that's the case. If it ain't about the money. I mean, I just feel like... like and it sounds so insensitive, but I feel like you had your chance... You had, not only did you speak at 11, we gave you 10 years to mull it over and come back and try again, and you still lied, you know? And so it's like, what changed now? Like, you can say, oh, I had a child, but, I mean, that, you've been, you've been a child. You've been, you know what the abuse was. So I, that just doesn't. I don't know. I just, the motive behind it really just bothers me. Yeah, to me, if it's, if it's, if I guess I would have felt better if they would have, and I know that sounds selfish, if they would have made it about the other victims. Like, we're sorry. We wanted to, you know, basically um, undo what we've done to the other victims. Right, because y'all basically called them liars um, right. by testifying against them. If it was about that... I feel like it wouldn't be as... I mean, but even yeah, even that, that, that's a great point. Why weren't those victims there? The one, like, why weren't they able to come out and speak? Why did you choose these two? The, why did you choose the liars? Why didn't you choose the yeah, people who, who stuck with their story and who were like, no, this did happen, this did happen, this did happen? Why weren't they at least allowed a two-minute segment in that? You interviewed the audience and other people and everybody else. The 90s was good for them uh, talk show episodes where you had to come back and apologize to somebody. Mm-hmm. They was good for that. Yeah, like, this should have been an apology thing. You know, like, yeah, okay, you're going through your own, quote-unquote, um, alleged healing process and all of that stuff. But what was the point of doing it on TV? Right. And not only that, but by you lying, not- you tried to discredit these other guys. So right. they, they never got a platform to speak. They never got right. any of the things. You've had multiple platforms, and then now you get another one to be like, oh, well. Right, yeah. So you I... should use this platform. And, and what if, okay, say they don't want to speak to you. Okay. But this should have been something of where it was like, I'm using this platform for to speak on behalf of all the people I've hurt during this time, you know. Like, <clears throat> and it's, it's, I don't know. It's like I guess you can only speak on your your truth, but I, what was the point of putting it on, you know, a big stage like this? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's my main issue. Like, what is your what was your goal? What did you hope to gain from this? Like, because he's gone, so it's not like he can ever be prosecuted. 
I mean, what what was the goal? For us to hate Michael Jackson? For us to what? For you to, to get some money from the, the court case? Because remember how I said earlier, um, if you're tried by, by public opinion, and public opinion will assume that you're guilty, so you have to live as a guilty person. So are you hoping that you'll get so many people to believe your story by doing this that whenever you do get that day in court, the people might be compromised because they've already watched this interview and they, they empathize with you now? Or, I mean, I just don't... Yeah, because, I mean, they said they, they felt guilty, but they didn't understand why they was feeling guilty. And they said even all the way up until recently, they never thought that what was going on was wrong. Right. They said until they had their sons... So and that and that also it's just it baffles me. So it's like if you never would have had your son, you would have thought that the abuse of a child was okay, the sexual assault of a child was right and normal, even though you're saying you blame your mom and you're saying that you're on the road to forgiving them and that you haven't quite gotten there yet. So I mean it just it just don't add up to me. Like if child abuse is wrong, it's wrong. You know that. It don't take you having a child to realize it. We shouldn't abuse children. I don't have any kids now, and I know that's wrong. That's just common sense. Or take sense. advantage. Yeah. Because maybe, because they didn't feel like it was abuse, but it was like, okay, well, don't take advantage. Like, okay. But it, even if you didn't personally feel like it was abuse, you know that in the eyes of the, of the general public, it was wrong because you had a trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they were willing to go this far as to investigate him and potentially lock him up for it. You know what I mean? And then you had another trial 10 years later, so you might not have understood it at that time when you first initially did, but after the years of mulling it over and all of a sudden you're not allowed to see Michael Jackson anymore and, and your parents are telling you they're sorry and they wish they could have been there for you, I mean, like, you're not stupid, you know? Like, there has to be something there. And it was like they were just both oblivious, just like, no, 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 no. We were happy. We were loved. It was great. Like, I mean, I just don't. I'm not buying it. Mm-mm. I can get the loved part. I can get being mad because your mom said you can't hang out with Michael Jackson. I mean, what kid wouldn't be mad? But as a kid, yeah, yes. It just, but then, yeah, it just doesn't make. Yeah, once you got older, yes. It just as, I mean, even just not even sense. thinking about child abuse, but even me thinking just about life, like growing up. Um, and I might have thought as a kid, like I don't. I'm tired of eating bologna sandwiches. I'm tired of eating noodles. But looking at it now, as an adult, I realize that's all we've had. Like, you you better enjoy mm-hmm. that goddamn sandwich and them chips, you know? Like, I just don't... You, as a child, of course, you can't rationalize it. But as an adult, a functioning adult, I just I just can't understand how you would have still come to the conclusion that, that nothing was wrong and that it was okay until you birthed a child or your wife birthed a child. I want to know if they were getting paid to say he was innocent. Hmm. That's a story right there. That would be very interesting. Was there some type of incentive every time you, you know, like stood up for him? That would definitely have had to have been real under like the table. Plot twist. Yeah, because like, I mean, it's just like <laughs> you, you took twist. up. You took literally because literally you took up for him your whole life mm-hmm. until now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the this right here is a plot to plot to us. We lie, and you know what? It actually happened. As, like as bad as it might sound on the surface, I would have. Pref- I might be more inclined to believe them had they come out as soon as he died. 
But the fact that it's been 10 years after he died, like, I could see you get encouraged, like, oh, he dead. Now I'm going to finally tell the truth because he can't do nothing. Like, you know, I might. Or was there a contract, like, you, and now they're cut off. So they have to find ways. But, I mean, even though the, the guy from the documentary is saying they're not getting any money from it, okay. They're not getting any money from his documentary, but right. but you look at they're on Oprah's show. So look at the platform you provided for them. Now they can write a book. They can go to somebody mm-hmm. else and do a documentary and get something mm-hmm. on it. Like there are definitely ways that they can make this lucrative for themselves. Um, they can be paid to speak at um, rallies for child abuse, and they they, they can definitely find ways to or make use money. This- documentary as evidence to win their lawsuit case right i mean i don't i don't know law but i i can see how one would be like let me do this documentary first (laughs) so i can look more credible i mean i don't know Mm -hmm. crazy yes i guess we're gonna wrap it up because dealing with uh with uh oprah I just, I just ain't cool with Oprah. I don't know, and I, I don't even know this lady, but something about her rubs me the wrong way. Her and Gail. You, you know, I did my research on her. So, when that Monique interview happened, it was in two thousand nine. Okay. It was not on OWN Network mm. yet. Okay. OWN Network started in two thousand. Well, it got launched officially in two thousand eleven. Okay. So and I remember we talked last time because uh, uh, right. Oprah said that her reasoning to Monique was that she didn't know that her mom was going to be on the show until moments before. Um, which I still don't agree with. I mean, either way. And- but at that time, yeah, at that time, she still technically it was Oprah's show was produced by um, Harpo Studios, which was still her company. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, she still had contracts with like CBS right. and all the other stations that she syndicated through, which I don't know how, how much creative control they had. But I mean, I just. In all fairness, you was right. She st- even though it wasn't on own, she still. It was still her show, but yes. she still knew. You have to she know known. that you have to know mm-hmm. who's coming on your show. You have to prepare the right. questions to ask them. Like you have to know, and not only that, not only that, but what really doesn't add up to me is that it's not like that was a hot topic at the time. Like, oh, let's talk about Monique's child. No, like you, you know what I mean? Like, I guess it was because she had just won the precious. Um, she was winning all those awards, awards for Precious, and in her speeches and stuff, she said that she channeled her character through her own abuse pain, where she was basically, you know, being open about being a, yeah, um, but, molested. But why wouldn't you have her speak on her own story? Why would you bring the molester and, and then her mom, whom Monique tell you, I'm not cool with my mama right now. We ain't doing it. Oh well, let's bring her on too. Like, or see, and that's what—that was the point. She was trying to have Monique speak on her own story, but once she started hearing family members was involved, she didn't want nothing to do with it. But she, however, she did say she did give permission for her older brother to speak his truth. But 
I guess when it came to the other family members, she was like, nah, she, nah, I, nah, nah. From what I heard, it was like she didn't want the mama to be talked to because they wasn't cool. But she did right. know that the brother was going to go there. Yeah, but she did know. Apparently, the brother was misled into believing that Monique was going to be there. That was the right. only reason he even showed up. Mm-hmm. So it's like either way, and and even let's just give Oprah the benefit of the doubt, and let's say she really didn't have no control. And they were like, nope, you're going to interview these people. At the very least, you have control over what come out of your mouth. So you could have phrased the questions or chose not to ask certain questions. You know what I mean? Like, you... She she sounded like she was trying to take up for Monique on the cool. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of questions where it was like, dang, why are you coming for her? Like, you, like you've been so sisters with Monique. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, like I said, I cut for Monique real hard. And mm-hmm. I feel like she, from what I've seen, she has been very fair. She has accepted any fault that she may have in any situation. And I feel like I know she watched the interview. So I feel like if there was anything that, or if it was a positive, a positive interview or, or, or Oprah would have tried to shed positive light on Monique, then I feel like Monique would have acknowledged that and addressed that, but and I didn't watch. She the... was taken up, yeah. She was taken up for Monique on like when the parents, especially when the parents was like, "Well, she seemed like everything was cool." She was like, "That's what, like, that's how it is. Like, that's normal, but that doesn't mean she's okay." Like, so she was speaking up for her, like from victim to victim. Uh-huh. Like, I can speak on this because I understand like why Monique is. And she even tried to address like, why aren't y'all talking anymore? Oh, I can see why. It's because y'all try to make, y'all wanted her to like, you know, just scrape everything under the rug type thing. So she was in a way taken up for her, but I can still see from Monique's point of it's view. It's like, ultimately I asked how, you not to speak to them. Yeah, the whole thing in general is hurtful because you know like and then y'all speaking on my abuse y'all speaking on my mm-hmm. it's my like this and happened to making me. me look like the problem child yeah. on tv mm-hmm. like you know because it was already the her mom's like well we need to be a family and we need to come back together and she i ain't hear from her in two years and it's like yeah that wasn't the time or the place and and then on top of that, she the mom was just basically talking about like how she was a little upset because she felt like Monique, yeah, she can go and talk about it in public, but let's discuss it as a family first. And it's like, what is it to discuss when it's her truth? Right. It's not your truth. It's her truth. So why does she need to pretty much get permission or hear how your opinion of how you think she should share this with the world and I think that's probably where their relationship was at because the mom was kind of like just like but we're still a family yeah but but, and it's like you're putting you're trying to put family over over me like over Uh, my individual hurt right absolutely it's like I'm not concerned with the family the family didn't get assaulted I got assaulted you know like I don't know Right. And the dad had mentioned too that he had just found out that the brother was abused too. Like he had no idea either. So it's just like, okay, it looks like y'all got a lot to talk yeah. about, and y'all can't just be family. Oh, let's break out the spade car. I mean, the spade. <laughs> Who gonna barbecue? Y'all can't do that. Yeah, like, no. It takes real healing and real conversations and and real acknowledgement. 
I feel like, I, like I said, I didn't watch the interview with Oprah and her mom, but even just listening to you, I feel like the mom isn't acknowledging the the wrong. Like, I, I, right. I feel like has she ever even told her, like, I'm sorry this happened to you. Like, you look to your parents for so much as children, and it's not really rational, but I mean, you do expect them to protect you. And in her eyes, I'm sure she looked at you as a failure. You failed to protect me from this. And sending him away for a few <laughs> years was just a oh, day-and-day. Like, right. back in the day, like, there's even people in my family back in the day was like, oh, when a child was born out of wedlock or when the mom was too young, you know, they sent the baby away to be raised by other people. They're still hurt later on the road, down the road, and there's family, you know, situations where things are just, they'll never be the same. Because of that, and right. it's like you can't just send away your problems. Like that's just not how things work. And I think that affects a lot of families. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the black communities. Like a lot of families are affected by mm-hmm. that because people just don't know how to like really sit there and look at their problems in the face. Like right. it's hurtful, it is, but you you gotta do it to be able to move forward. Because holding on to that hurt. It ain't good. You eat away at you. Or ignoring it. Right. Yeah. It, it, shapes, it, it shapes how you deal with everything mm-hmm. in your life. That's how you get alcoholics. That's how you get addicts. That's mm-hmm. how you get more abusers in the family. Right. You know, that's how you get just all types of just bad habits. It all boils down to effective communication. Mm-hmm. Gambling or shopping habits or even somebody being the favorite because of a hurt. You know, mm-hmm. like the, where the sibling, one sibling is treated different from the other sibling because a parent is guilty or something mm-hmm. and want to overcompensate. It's just too much. Too much. Okay. Mm-mm. This has been fun. It has been, Rowland. I appreciate you coming. <laughs> I really want you. That's not my name, by the way, y'all. <laughs> yes, I'm, y'all they know, everybody who know me know I have nicknames for everybody. Right. I didn't even realize like, Wait, I called you that. what's my name? <laughs> it just roll off the tongue. I know. It's fine. But I know they was like, wait, what is <laughs> And, you know, I call her everything. Rowlanda, LaRonda. It just kind of whatever I feel. <laughs> I, um, I do would love for you to come back specifically on the the like I said that MAGA thing and just the whole mm-hmm. parties I want you I would um I would ask that you look up mm-hmm. uh Candace Owens I'm not sure if you know who she is Candace Owens mm-hmm. Candace Owens yeah I'll send you a, a YouTube uh video from her I love her uh is she in the running for something no 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 she's just um she recently became a conservative and she sort of speaks on like I said, like uh, she questions why we do things, why we have the political affiliations that we have. Like, why are you a Democrat? Mm-hmm. Why are you a Republican? Why do you believe this? And like the way that she challenges you to think, I think is, is very, very, it's awesome. I love it. And she makes mm-hmm. valid points um, for, not to say that I agree with everything she says, but I think she makes valid points for why we should not just automatically be Democrats because our parents were Democrats and their parents mm-hmm. were Democrats. Like it's, it's, I love it. I will send you um one of her things and I guess you can be She's your, like, be your own person. Yes, do your own research. Exactly. And, Got and it. she backs everything up with, with the research that she's done. She's very well spoken. 
Um, and she's um, the communications director, if she don't have a higher title now, of uh, Turning Point USA. And they're basically a group that's trying to get the black community to open their eyes and educate themselves more politically so that we understand what we're voting for. And like one of the main things she harbors on is that the Democrats keep us victims, you know, keep us believing that mm. we need welfare, that we need government in our lives. Our, our voice doesn't matter. Right. And she's like, they only use us for our votes. Whereas she would suggest that you can do whatever you, whatever you set your mind to. You don't need the government. You don't need welfare. Um, she made a very bold claim and said, you know, we should just stop welfare. That's how you get people off of it. You just stop it. And then um, I believe she was speaking with Russell Brand is one of the ones that I watched. And he was like, so what happens to those people who can't afford food? And she was like, so you think they're just not going to eat again? If the government mm-hmm. isn't giving them money, you think they're going to say, oh, well, I guess that's it. No more food for the rest of the Leave year. Leave the nest. Like, like, no. yeah. you, 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 you adapt. As humans, you, you're adapted to survive. So maybe you don't pay that cell phone bill this month. Maybe you don't have a cell phone so that you can provide for food for your family, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think she's, she's excellent. And yeah. I would definitely encourage everybody to go out and, and listen to her. Even if you don't agree, she poses a, a great perspective. And um, so I think that's something I definitely want to touch on. I'll try and watch that all her videos. That is such a good topic, though, because there, there's levels to that. Because I can see what where you said Russell it was Russell where he's coming uh-huh. yeah because at the end of the day it's like it is sink or swim but it's like but what are those people who are sinking what are they supposed to do do right. yeah what are they supposed to do because do they know that swimming lessons exist because a lot of people don't right and Russell Brand has a, a unique perspective as well because he was a heroin addict and now he's not you know he recovered and he's very very astute and and you can hear that. I don't know. It was just, it's just great. It's great. And I love it. And I love the the different perspectives I'm that interested. I'm getting. So I would definitely encourage everybody who listened today to listen to some Candace Owens. Uh, but you too as well. I'm going to send it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe we can do that next week. But um, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm looking. We've been talking for a while. We look. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so much to say because there's so many layers, and yes. it's like, oh, we probably offend. We did not mean to offend nobody, but listen, I know I offended. Some I feel people. like this is, yeah, and I just feel like a lot of people probably are thinking the same thing, and it's just like we just ugh, we just got to do better. And none of these stories make sense, and we're just you know giving our perspective of like. Like something's not right. We can't pinpoint exactly what it is. We don't. Somebody lying. Right. We don't know who, but somebody. And we just need the truth. Yes, some clarity. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like all it does is just tear like people apart. Like you're just making people choose a side. Like, exactly. Bill, Bill Cosby. Everything. Like you have to choose a side. Oh, that's why I was going with Beyonce too. It's like they make you pick a side. Like, why everybody can't just like her? Right. Like now you got to pick a side. Like between your religion versus like. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's secular music. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just stupid. It don't you, make any you sense. You get where I'm going. I do. Yeah, where I'm going. <laughs> Everything you can't. There's no. Um. There's no moderate anymore. Like you can't be in the middle. And I think that that's right. where more people and you should just can't be. Be great. Right. Yeah. You, and you can't just be great. Right. You can't. Yeah. Exactly. There's no more greatness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for everybody who's listening. Um, of course, like I said, or as I always say to you guys, um, everything is going to be available on all platforms. That's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify. Y'all be sure to repost for me if y'all have any topics or things that y'all feel that I should discuss. Don't hesitate to let me know. And uh, this is going to go ahead and conclude this episode of Bitching with Brian. Until next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>